This is Bigger Questions with your host, Robert Martin. Welcome to Bigger Questions, recorded live in the city of Melbourne. Today's big question, the future, I am going where? So what are we to make of work? Challenging, enjoyable, fulfilling, or necessary, painful and frustrating? Well, today we're asking if it's possible to find something more at work. And today we're considering the future. I'm going where? And to help us, we have Dr. David Knox join us. David is a senior partner at Mercer Australia, a financial services consulting firm, where he is a consulting actuary to several superannuation funds. David is involved in thought leadership in the area of superannuation and pensions, and is passionate about improving pension systems around the world. Please welcome David Knox. Great to be here. Great to have you, David. Now, David, you're passionate about superannuation. Um, but superannuation isn't often the topic of conversations at parties. Perhaps I go to the wrong parties. But what drives your passion? Well, it's a really good question. And I think there are three things that drive my passion. Uh, firstly, we're serving people mm -hmm. because most of us are going to retire at some point and most of us need something to live on after we retire. So we want to make the retirement the best we can. Secondly, the thing I really find interesting and have all my career about superannuation is it's multidisciplinary. Mm -hmm. Whether you're looking at the law and legislation or taxation, all that boring stuff, or whether you're dealing with communications and booklets and websites and Twitter as to how you communicate mm -hmm. with superannuation, it's that full range from dealing with professionals to dealing with individual issues. And of course, then you've, you've got to think about where the money is invested, the volatility of markets, and so on and so forth. So it's incredibly multidisciplinary. Um, and then, of course, you throw in the ageing population, demography, and all the things that we're thinking about as a society. Um, and of course, that then, the third reason I've loved it all my career, is it throws up all sorts of challenges. Mm -hmm. um, and as you indicated, uh, we develop a global pension index where we look at pension systems in 25 countries around the world. And when you compare the Chinese system to the Brazilian system to the Australian system, the diversity is enormous and it's really enjoyable. So maybe it should be the topic of conversation at more parties then? <laughs> Indeed, it's surprising how often I get asked questions um, at the local barbecue, whether it's about where do I invest my money or uh, what should I do with it, and I'm sure that I'm not giving financial advice today. No, 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 we're not asking for financial advice. But to kick off bigger questions, we do like to ask a couple of smaller questions. We do try to have a bit of fun on the show. Now, today we're exploring the future, and so our smaller questions to you are on retirement. Now, David, you might know a thing or two about retirement. Maybe, maybe not. Well, we'll find out soon enough. Question one. According to ASIC's Money Smart website, which of these is not a suggested way of growing your retirement income? Is it A, get advice as early as you can? Is it B, diversify your investments? C, manage your spending, or D, investing in a horse racing investment betting syndicate? <laughs> well, I think I'll go for option D. Option D. Well, do you're <laughs> correct. It is D, yes. It is not actually uh, 
and it's not a part of their advice to invest in a horse racing investment betting syndicate. Um, when you consult for superannuation funds, uh, you don't suggest horse racing, horse racing as a sure bet? Uh, not certainly a sure bet, <laughs> no. We certainly uh, talk about diversity ranging from cash through to overseas equities um, and a range of other investments. But not horse racing? Not horse racing. Okay, right. Ready. Okay, question two. Jim Clements is the UK's oldest staff member and possibly the world's oldest office temp. He returned to work after becoming bored of retirement and he is an office temp at a security firm in southern England. How old is he? Is he A, <laughs> I'll give you a couple of suggestions. Here we go. A, 88 years old. B, 93 years old. C, 99 years old. Or D, 101 years old. I never go for extremes, so I'll go for option B or C. Let me go for C. No, what was not 99? 99, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, actually... You might want to go to the, one of the extremes. extremes. There you go. 101 was actually... He's 101 <laughs> years old. He started work at 66 when he was fed up with retirement and he was employed as a temp and his month's trial has lasted 35 years. He's uh, doing well. So overall, he's been working for over 86 years in his life. So anyway, David, in our retirement quiz, you passed. You got one out of two. So give David a big hand for <laughs> passing. <laughs> Now, Jim Clements, the UK's oldest staff member, 101 years old, says that the secret of staying young is to go back to work. So do you think that we love our work so much that we won't retire? I think we've got to think about what our careers and indeed what our lives are about. Um, retirement is no longer just a sudden walk out the door, get the gold watch and do nothing mm -hmm. um, after retirement. I think many of us in retirement will be quite active. Um, now, that could be volunteer work, whether that's through a church, a local club, a sporting club, local school, whatever. Um, so there's volunteer work, there's often part-time work. Um, give you a very simple example. When I wrote a paper to encourage the pension age to increase, and I did a radio interview on ABC, we had talk back, and one of the uh, uh, calls said, uh, David, you're getting rid of all my volunteers because all my volunteers are in their 70s. And I said, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not at all. We need to recognise we're living longer, so we need to think about retiring, and many people will retire gradually, and as they move into their 60s, 70s, they may have a part-time work, they may do volunteer work. But the really interesting thing is many older people want to contribute back to society. They've got something they can serve, mm -hmm. uh, and so they're very content with what they, where they're at, but they want to contribute and help others, not just their family, but their neighbourhood, etc. Mm -hmm. Now, the MarketWatch website has a list of the top 10 things to do in retirement, and the number one thing was actually get a job, and the number two thing was volunteer. So, is what you're saying connecting with what they're, they're, they're trying to suggest here? Well, I think that's right, and I think many people want an active retirement. Uh, it's no longer sitting on the rocking chair doing the knitting. Uh, there's only so much golf or bowls you can do. <laughs> Um, well, that's so, what Jim Clements felt, yeah. I think. He was sick of sitting at home um, doing nothing, so he went and got a job. But, but I think what, what we're seeing is that many retirees want to uh, be in control of their retirement years. Now, what I mean by control, they want some financial um, security, mm -hmm. but, uh, and obviously health can be an issue. Uh, but maybe they want to say, look, I want to travel for two or three months of the year. I want to go and visit the grandchildren overseas or interstate or whatever it is. So I don't want to be tied down by a full-time job. Three days a week, six months a year might be okay. Now that might be volunteer work, it might be paid work. Mm -hmm. But I think many people want to continue to contribute. So do you think we'll even have the concept of retirement then? 
Oh, look, I, I think retirement is a concept that will continue. Now, I say that for several reasons. Um, one is health is, is an issue for many people. Um, uh, in retirement, not only um, it may be a cause of retirement, but it's not only their health, it can be the health of a partner or the health of a parent. So health issues can in fact encourage people to retire and say, okay, I need to look after mum or dad now, they're in their 80s or 90s, uh, they're living in the granny flat or wherever out the back, I'll only work two or three days a week. So that concept of retirement I think will continue, um, but it will change. Uh, we're no longer going to have this sudden retirement for some people. For other people, they'll just get to 62 and they'll say, I've had enough, I'm going. Um, now, they won't just, as I say, sit on the rocking chair and do nothing. They'll be involved, but they'll do a whole range of activities. Mm. Now, many of us are not yet ready to retire, but we all have money going into superannuation funds. So you think about retirement and superannuation all the time. So how should we think about superannuation? Okay, very generally, I think most of us are going to have a working career of, let's say, 40, 45 years, give or take a bit. Now, some people will be out of the workforce for some of that period with family responsibilities or other responsibilities. We're then going to have a period where we're not in paid employment. That might be 10, 20 or 30 years. We're all living longer than we ever thought we would. Mm -hmm. uh, just throw in there, the average, uh, half the baby girls born today will live beyond 95. So that's just an indicator of how long we're going to live. So in thinking about that, I think what we need to think about super is to say, what I'm doing is I'm taking some of my earnings today, this week, this month, and I'm not going to consume that for another 20, 30 or 40 years. So I'm just putting some money aside for my retirement years. How much should I put aside, etc.? It's a good question. Why do we have compulsory super? Because most of us in the community are very short-sighted. We're myopic. <laughs> and we wouldn't put that saving aside if we didn't have to. So the government 25 years ago said, we're going to make people put some money aside for the future. And I think we just need to see that as it's part of my earnings that I'm not consuming now, whether it's on the mortgage, food, whatever, but I will consume when I'm retired. Mm. So do you think that Australians think about the future enough? Um, probably not. I think many Australians have a very short-term view of the world. What am I going to do next week or, or next year? And that's fully understandable because there are worries in this world today, whether that's financial worries, whether it's family worries, etc. I think the, the other issue is that most people don't realise how long retirement may be. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, many of us in this room are going to live into our 90s and many of us will be quite healthy in our 90s. Um, I have a father now, 86, 87, who's just moved from Melbourne to Queensland, drove himself up there, has bought a house up there, goes to the gym, swims, etc. He's 86. Mm. Now, it's claimed that one in four Australians will outlive their retirement savings by more than 10 years. Almost half of working senior Australians are not confident in the adequacy of their retirement income. And this is a particularly pressing issue for women. So how much super will I need to retire? How much super do you need to retire? Um, I think that depends on your own situation. Uh, I know that's not a very neat answer. <laughs> well, you're not here to offer financial <laughs> advice, I suppose, are you? Yeah. But um, it very much depends on whether we're a single or a couple, and about 70% of people will retire as a couple. Um, it depends on whether we own our own home or whether we're renting. It depends on what other assets we have. 
Um, but very generally speaking, and I guess the fundamental question is, what sort of lifestyle do I want in retirement? Um, do I want an income of $30,000 or $100,000? Now, normally in retirement, we assume we need less income in retirement than we do when we're in our working years. We don't have the children at home, we don't have the mortgage to pay off, etc. But let's assume you want an income of $50,000 a year mm -hmm. in retirement. Not a bad ballpark is to multiply that number by 15. And so, well, that's 750,000. But again, it's not that easy because you might be getting a part age pension from the government. So now the pension is going to get harder and harder to get in the years ahead. I hate to say that to the younger members in the audience, <laughs> but that's a fact of life because we've got an aging population and the governments around the world are making age pension, social security harder to get. So think of the income you want, multiply that by about 15, 16, and that gives you a very ballpark figure as to the sort of assets you need, assuming you're in your own home. Mm. So what do you think then drives anxiety about superannuation savings? I, I think there are two things that probably drive it. Uh, one is there's a lot of uncertainty to it. Mm -hmm. um, in our uh, accumulation years, it's pretty easy to save. I mean, we put money into super, it gets invested, hopefully gives a good return. We're not doing much. When it comes to retirement, there's a lot of uncertainty. How long do I need the money to last? How much can I afford to take out this year? If the, mar the share market drops 10%, what does that mean? If the interest rates drop to 2%, what does that mean? There's a whole lot that is beyond our understanding, a lot of uncertainty. And I think the other thing is that uh, many of us don't have a lot of financial literacy. What I mean by that, we don't have the understanding of what we can do. Uh, and there, there, I think, financial advice is a really important part of the whole system because we're all different. We've all got different health conditions. We may be in a couple, a single, as I said, own your own home, not own your own home. Uh, I can't give one answer that's applicable across the board. Mm -hmm. As part of Bigger Questions, we also reflect on the Bible. And we're going to explore a passage today which speaks about the future and our attitude towards it. But before we do that, we're interested to hear about why you believe the scriptures are worth following. So, David, what convinced you to become a Christian believer? When I was in my later years of high school, um, I was going to a local church youth group and a guy came up to me and said, David, who do you think Jesus is? And I said, well, I go to church. He's Jesus. He said, no, 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 no. Who do you really think he is? You know, ask me the question. And so I, I decided to have a look at the Gospels. I, I read them. He's clearly a very good teacher. Um, he is a bit provocative. Uh, in fact, more than a bit provocative. Mm -hmm. um, so I thought, oh, okay, what's this guy got? And then, you, you know, you almost come back. He was also a leader, obviously. He led the disciples and he had that um, charisma, I'd suggest, of being a leader. So he's got something there. Was he a lunatic? Was he having himself on? Uh, was he a liar? Uh, was he just, you know, trying to lead people astray? And as I dug deeper, I, I came to the realisation that wasn't the case. Mm -hmm. um, he really is the son of God. And when you read the story and the fact, I mean, who would die for other people? Um, the, the Bible supports itself so strongly. And over the years, I've just seen so much evidence, uh, not only in the Bible, but in fact, in my own life as we're a Christian family, we um, uh, go to the local church and 
with prayers answered, so forth. So it's not only the word, but it's also the experience. Um, and I'm, I'm yeah, very uh, convinced. Very good. That's excellent. Now, the part of the Bible we're reflecting on today is from the New Testament book of 1 Timothy. It's a letter written by the Apostle Paul to his younger apprentice, Timothy. Now, in the sixth chapter, Paul passes on some great wisdom by saying, But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. So, David, how does this passage impact our view of the future and even retirement? There's often a question around, is it reasonable for Christians to save? Because, you know, is there this short-term view that, oh, well, all we need is food and clothing and shelter and we shouldn't be worried too much about the future? The Lord God will look after that. Mm. Well, there's this question, just come in on that, which we can feed into that as well. Sure. Jesus says, for us to care for nothing but to seek first his kingdom, how can this be reconciled in our wealthy society and with our focus on saving for retirement? Sure. And I think... Planning is part of it, um, and I think the, the, the issue there is even if you go back to Jesus' time, we had farmers who were planting the seed, and they were planning for a harvest. Mm-hmm. So th- th- that was a, a short-term plan, but it was over the next few months, if you like. Put the seeds in the ground, water them, and the harvest. Now, in our situation, I'd say that what we're doing here is we are now living a lot longer than we ever did in Jesus' time. We're actually planning to say, as I said earlier, we're earning money over 30 or 40 years, we're planning to use that money over our lifetime because our society, rightly or wrongly, has developed to a position where we will probably not be working in our 70s or 80s. Um, And therefore, the earnings we earn in our 40s and 50s, we need to plan to use in our 70s or 80s. So I can see that superannuation fits into that. Um, That's not to say that we shouldn't rely on the Lord God. It's also not to say we shouldn't be content Some of us will be in situations where we are in need and we need to be content in those situations. Um, Some of us will have plenty. And when we have plenty, I think it's appropriate for us to think about sharing that. But the concept of planning is just planning over our lifetime. I don't see superannuation as an estate planning issue. It's not for our children. It's just me uh, looking after if you like, uh, my wife and I as we move into retirement. Mm. So let's drill down a bit more on this contentment idea. So how do you think that the contentment spoken of here speaks to the anxiety often felt about superannuation and retirement? I think uh, many of us have an anxiety about the future and we're worried about, will I have enough money to live on? And I think part of our problem in Australian society is we've got these aspirations or these expectations that are often unreal. Um, we talked about there in the, that passage of you know, food and clothing. Um, now, we can think about what the basic needs of our life are, food, clothing, shelter. Because Paul says, for if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. And that's, and, and that's fine. And I think sometimes what our anxiety is, is on our aspirations. We want to go beyond what we really need. Now, to take a somewhat extreme point, you know, an aspiration of a Lamborghini. <laughs> uh, now, I don't have that aspiration. Some people may not be content until they have a Lamborghini. Um, I'm not in that, that uh, 
area, the family car we drive is 10 years old. I'm quite content with a 10-year-old car. Mm. You can buy a Lamborghini dinner at the model shop down the road, though. <laughs> you can have one sitting, you can have several of them sitting on your desk. That's uh, much, much cheaper. Um, it is cheaper. But there's but a different aspiration, though, I suppose, it, isn't it? It is a different aspiration. And I, I think part of the problem in the Australian society today is our aspirations are, in some cases, beyond what is reasonable. Um, I, I'm, I'm very content with what we've got. If we have a little bit more, that's grand, but do I really need that Lamborghini? No, I don't. Mm -hmm. So what does someone working in financial services makes of Paul's phrase, we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it? <laughs> Absolutely. I, I think uh, I'm, I'm not earning money just to stack up money in the barn. Uh, you know, we had that parable of Jesus that you, you don't just stack up wealth as to, for the sake of money. I see money there to be used. Now, whether it's used in retirement, uh, because that's, if you like, our responsibility in the way today's society works, or whether it's used today, um, raising a family or, or sharing with others. Um, the goal in my life is not to build up as much super as I possibly have and just look at the, the noughts rolling off at the end of it, if you like, more dollars. The goal is to there say, okay, there's my super, um, and that will give me an adequate retirement. We will have different definitions of adequacy, but part of my role that I enjoy is to make sure that the structures are in place and the designs are in place so that more and more Australians will have an adequate retirement. Mm. So do you think the Apostle Paul would have had a superannuation account? <laughs> uh, uh, no, it's quite interesting, actually, the whole concept of the history of retirement. It's really only been around the last couple of hundred years. Um, before that, we didn't retire. Um, we worked, we were in a subsistence uh, level, we lived with a family. I remember um, visiting a family in Egypt um, when we were over there and there were four generations living under the one house. The great-grandmother had the young baby on her hip. Uh, it was pretty obviously not her child. Uh, but, um, you know, so we had a very different society. Um, so I think what the, those of us in financial services are trying to do is to try and... Um, make whether it's superannuation or other um, aspects of uh, the financial system work as efficiently as effectively as possible within the, con the constraints if you like of our society. Mm. Is there a sense though that we can be too obsessed with our retirement? Oh absolutely. Retirement is not the goal. Um, the goal is to live life now and as Christians I would say the goal is to serve our Lord God um, today. Now if we serve him today, we can serve him in a number of different ways. Um, some of us will serve him in gospel ministry, some will serve him in the work different workplaces. So our goal is to serve him. But as I said earlier, I think we also need to think about planning um, within our lifetime, and that's where I think super comes in. I mean, if you think about many of us um, are buying a house and we take out a mortgage, that's almost a longer-term plan too, where we're providing for ourselves with a house. Um, I just see superannuation as providing for ourselves as an income in retirement when we're no longer getting income for unemployment. Mm. Paul goes on to offer some more advice to Timothy. He says, those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap, into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. So can the love of money impact our choices when it comes to superannuation? Oh, I think it can. I I think sometimes the love of money, uh, you know, we, we just want to, it's almost as if some people want to get rich for the sake of getting rich and they lose the, the focus. Mm. 
as a Christian, what am I here for? I'm here to serve others. I'm here to serve the Lord God. And it's that service that gives me the contentment um, in a whole variety of ways. The question's just come in, which says, well, what's wrong with loving money? Um, I think, again, it comes back to the question of where your primary love is. Uh, Jesus said, you can't love the Lord your God and riches or money. So what's the focus of it? Um, we all need money. Um, money is just there to make society continue to operate. Mm. Um, so, you know, every morning do I go and see how the share market's gone up and down on my super? No, I don't. Uh, where's my focus? My focus is not on my little pot of money. Um, my focus is a, a different focus. It's those I work with, it's what I do, it's my family, it's serving the Lord God. Um, do I have a, a fairly general view as to how the market's gone up and down? Yes, I do, because that's part of my role and part of the advice I give super funds. So if the market suddenly drops 10%, um, then... There'll be, there'll be a phone call. <laughs> <laughs> there, 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 there's something we need to do. But am I personally focused about my personal wealth moving up 1% or 2%? Um, not particularly, because I think if you're getting that position, and I know some people do check the share market um, almost every hour, then the focus becomes, that's your focus. Uh, that's your love, if you like, on what the share market is doing. Well, sorry, that's not what life's about. Mm. Uh, so why is Jesus better than money? Well, I, you know, we've talked about the retirement and the longer term. Um, I'd go to eternity. Mm -hmm. uh, well, maybe there's a little out of this passage. Paul encourages Timothy to flee from the temptations, to stand and, I'll read it what it says, fight the good fight of the faith, take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. So this point, uh, Paul reminds Timothy of the eternal life that he has in Jesus Christ. So how does this concept of eternal, eternity impact our preparations for the future? Well, I think e eternity is that long-term view, if you that's the eternal view. I see life here, whether it's today or whether it's our, until the end of our physical life, which would include retirement, as almost a short-term interruption. Uh, yes, we're here, we're here to serve others, uh, we're here to serve the Lord God, um, and retirement is part of that. Um, it's just the way our society is structured. We have working years and we have some years where we don't get paid employment, but again, that raises the question of what is work? And I think our society has often thought, mm, work is only paid employment. Well, actually, service in the concept of work is more than paid employment. So, David, wrapping up, the future. I am going where? <laughs> um, well, I trust I'm going to heaven <laughs> in, in, in the future. Um, I, I think, though, where am I going uh, personally? Um, I'm going to be in employment, I hope, for a few more years, but I also see my retirement not something where I'm just going to hang up my boots and do nothing. Um, I think we will continue to serve each other, um, not necessarily in paid employment. It may be serving the family, it might be serving the local church, it might be serving the neighbourhood. We've all got things to contribute, and that is part of retirement. Let me leave you with the Bible's answer to the big question, the future, I am going where? From 1 Timothy 6, 6. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. I look forward to you joining us next time for Bigger Questions. Please thank our guest today, Dr David Knox.
Enjoy bigger questions? You can help us keep asking them for as little as $1 a podcast. Support the show. Go to patreon.com slash bigger questions.